0: Let's make it all three.
1: Only really basic bitches try
2: this. Hello and welcome. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I'm your host. Brian Beckner. Stoked you could join us. Stoked you're here. Episode 35. Yeah, they said it couldn't be done. Hey, we're doing it. 34 down. Doing 35. Who knows how many more to go? Millions, I hope. A million. Um, Today on the show, Ed, still in fucking England. I don't know why I don't maybe they're gonna keep him maybe he's being repatriated. I'm not sure, but he he was able to record some audio, send it to us. we'll cut it together like I could probably lie and act like we're together together together, even though we're not um so yeah we' we'll, we have some stuff. Ed sent some stuff over from England some sports to- stories Pac-Man Jones remember him? He's got a beef. He's in a beef with Ludacris. Remember him? I didn't realize either of those two dudes were still a thing. But they're beefing. They got mad beef, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, Jerry Jones strippergate. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, he he got into some hot water. I feel like that kind of went away quickly. But we're definitely going to hit on that today. And the Florida State Seminoles had another really good. I feel like we've been talking about them quite a lot. I heard something weird about Florida State today, that they're the college football national champion right now. Is that true? They won last year? Because I feel like I would know that if that happened. But people are telling me that is the case, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, apparently, I don't stay. I mean, this is the sports show of record. I should probably know who's champions of what. and We should do that sometime where like, Ed quizzes me on like really, really common Like who's the coach. Because I would not get any of those right. Like, who, who coaches which team, stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know any, like, real sports. I'm not real sportsy over here, in case you hadn't noticed. Eh. Anyway, they Florida State did a really, really smart thing. They had, like, a Twitter, like, uh, they tried to engage their fans with a QA and a with their quarterback, Jameis Winston, who's been in trouble several times with the law, which... Was just a terrible idea. And of course, only Florida State could this happen. So we're going to talk about that for sure. Also, the return, we didn't get to it last week. Like, we'll hit those topics. No real non sports this week. It kind of gets to be a lot with just me talking. Let's be honest. You want to hear me talking to people. So we'll do a little bit. We'll do a little bit of pre recorded stuff with Ed. He'll ask the questions. I'll answer them like you normally hear. And then we'll, we'll do a quick how-fucking-old-is-this-guy because we missed it last week. And a lot of people have been sending me really funny ones, and I saw one just kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of jumped out to me. And uh, we'll see w- what Ed thinks about that. And then we'll get to, towards the end of the program, uh, as always, we'll get to Fancy Pop, where Kate, Come on, Fancy Sauce will come on and discuss everything that's happening in the world of pop culture, entertainment news, all the stuff we need to know. Uh, we'll we'll get to that in Fancy Pop, uh, and of course, Bachelor in Paradise. That's popping off. There's there's watch it. I'm getting into it. Like I want to. I want to pretend like I'm not into it. Like I'm above it. Like this is not the kind of shit I like, and I don't like it. But I'm really into it. There's one girl on there that's. Really fucking stupid, like really, like insanely dumb, and not even like creative editing dumb. Just like legitimately, just not a bright person. And there's some real dumb people. Uh, so we'll talk about that. There was a there was a reenactment that was awesome. Um, so we're definitely hitting Bachelor in Paradise towards the end of the show. Um, but like I said, no no Ed Daly once again. I mean. You know, recorded Ed Daly. So let's get to that. I think there's another update. Ed Daly speaking to us from London. Hey, Ed, how's it going over there in London, England?
0: I'm going to spend my London update talking about a subject that, for some reason, keeps coming up on the podcast, and that is the homeless. Uh, I've, I've already documented how I got placed in the Homeless Guy doghouse in Hoboken for buying a guy a Natty Light can tall boy. Um, so i I'm sort of looking to make amends with the homeless guy universe right now. And there's, uh, there's a homeless guy who sleeps on the corner that I live in London and he wears a tattered black sweatshirt with an image of Grumpy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And my first thought was maybe I should just buy him a new sweatshirt. Um, but more appropriate, I would get him the sleepy sweatshirt. But then I thought it's kind of cruel and that's a very expensive uh, way to make up with homeless. Um, and another side note on homeless people here is for some reason, all the homeless people here smell like old leather. Uh, for decades, I've been spell- smelling a mix of BO and urine, but for some reason here, they smell like musty consignment shops and old leather belts. Uh, I have no idea what that means, but that's just uh, a little observation. Uh, anyway, yesterday I'm near a train station and I was approached. And I was with my kids, and I was approached by a homeless man. The dude approaches us and starts talking to my kids. And my kids were nice and talked to him, and I was happy that nobody pointed out that the smell of wet leather or his missing nine teeth. Um, and I gave him some money, and he was elated, like started talking real fast in a very thick accent. I wasn't sure what he was saying. And I thought like the score was even, everything would be fine. And then he leaned in and he hugged both my kids. And as uh, as a very protective father, I did what any protective father would do. And I just winced as it was happening. I figured I'd let my kids fall on the sword so I didn't have to uh, engage with the guy. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get off that easy. He turned to me and goes, let's make it all three and gave me a big bear hug, like really, really tight gripped. I, I felt stuff on my legs. So yeah, I've gone to second base with the British homeless. I'm not going to give some long soliloquy on Robin Williams, but I just want to point out how any celebrity death is like the perfect sociological experiment. When someone big dies, a good quarter of the people I know will text me or email me just to break the news. And I just wondered what that is. People love breaking death news, like, more than anything. You know, like, not good news, anything. I'm sure I've been guilty of it once or twice, but I'm just not, I'm just never as quick as some other people. And if you happen to look at, like, a Wikipedia page of somebody who died, the the news might, they might be dead for 30 seconds and somebody's already updated it. It's the weirdest thing. But for some reason, people just love breaking death news. So I was wondering maybe uh, you had thoughts on that. Wow. Ed Daly. This guy, Ed, you have
2: more, you've had more interactions with crazy homeless people in the past month than I've had in my entire life. You don't, apparently don't know the routine. Duck your head, don't make eye contact, and keep moving. Like, it's not, it's, these people are unwell. You know, there's a reason that they're homeless. There's often several reasons that they're homeless. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing. Robin Williams passed away. I should have gotten that to that earlier, but really a, just a major tragedy. Um, he was obviously a very talented guy. I remember being a kid, and my parents had like one of his early stand-up specials on VHS, and I... Really, really thought it was so fucking hilarious. I would watch it all the time. He had just an unbelievable amount of energy. He was really a very, very unique performer, um, and who turned out to be a terrific actor, like really, really one of the best. I mean, if you really consider... The range of his performances. He really was, in fact, a special guy. Um, Terribly, terribly tragic the way he passed. I mean, anybody that goes before their time in any way is a terrible tragedy. Um, But when people are unwell, when they're depressed, it just makes it that much more sad, because I'm sure Everyone that knew him wishes there was something they could have done to help him to get to a point where he could live a normal life and just not feel miserable all the time. And I feel terrible for him and everyone that was close to him uh, because that's just just the saddest thing you can think of. Also, I was... Ed and I were off, often on the same wavelength. Because what is that? I was just thinking that driving yesterday. I heard it on the radio, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, this is a terrible tragedy." But the first thing I thought is, how many people are like rushing to Twitter to let it be known, to send their condolences, just to let it be known that they were the first one to know he died. There is a thing where people are just so weird about wanting to be the first one to know who's died. It, that is a weird, weird thing. And now, like, all information is instantaneous. You know, it's like, there, there used to be, you know, it was always like, oh, someday the government's going to put a chip in our head. We're all going to have a chip implanted into us, and then we're going to have this collective consciousness. Well, guess what? No chip. The fucking chip... Is in your phone and it's in your hand. We all do have a collective consciousness. We're all one mind. And it's because we're all staring at our fucking phones all day long. So no one can know any... No one ever has known anything first in the age of the internet because everyone knows it all at once. So calm the fuck down.
0: Also, Ed had some thoughts on Tony Stewart. All right, sports. The Tony Stewart situation. Uh, Since we are the sports show of record, I figure it's only appropriate we briefly discuss race car driver Tony Stewart murdering a competitor this weekend. First of all, I watched the video, and the competitors are driving in what seemed to be dune buggies. I thought this guy was a NASCAR driver, and I'm I'm not very familiar with everything, but I thought NASCAR was like a pretty standard-looking car with a bunch of ads on it. But this this footage, they were in like dune buggies, and for some reason, uh, they they were driving on a dirt track. And I just felt like the equivalent of that would be if they just told all the NFL teams one weekend they're gonna play football in those giant sumo costumes. Um I just think it it once again underlines that that and the seventy-two year old man story we did a couple weeks ago. Like it's a it's a pretty bad sport. Um but second, the uh the driver gets killed he, who gets killed, he, he gets out of his wrecked dune buggy and starts walking out onto the track trying to confront Tony Stewart in a car. And I understand these guys are already on the edge of, of uh, you know, their wits just trying to make their living flying around a track. But how does he think it's a good idea to confront a moving car? And finally, Stewart should absolutely be charged with manslaughter. The guy's in the middle of the track, and the race car drivers have one thing to focus on, the track. And he makes no, you don't see him swerve out of the way. He just clips the guy and sends him flying. And he can't claim he was changing the radio station or checking his phone. That's all drivers do. They, they look at the track and they turn. So uh, I've heard in the past that uh, Tony Stewart is some sort of bad boy driver. And somebody wrote maybe he was just trying to send a message or scare the guy. So I guess he accomplished the message. But hopefully now he goes to uh, the pokey and meets what a real bad boy is.
2: Yesterday, Tony Stewart might have killed a guy and then poor Robin Williams dies, and now it's like, um, Tony Stewart's like, I don't have to worry about that anymore, because no one's talking about that, huh, like, 24-hour news cycle, like, that was a story that had some legs, that could have gone, like, three or four days, you could have got, like, 72 hours out of that, or what's, what's one more day, add 24 to 70, 96, could have got 96 hours out of that story, and I don't know, I don't know why they were driving dune buggies, I don't know why they do it in the dark, But I have to quote, I, first of all, I don't watch videos of compound fractures. I don't watch any kind of war bullshit. You know, hey, watch this village get blown up. Like, don't email me that shit. I don't want to see anybody die, ever. Um, So I didn't, like, I really didn't watch the video. And then Ed guilted me into it. He's like, you know, we might want to talk about that on the show. And he's like, like you should watch it for the show, and he's like, it's not that bad. So I did watch it, and as death videos go, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but I will say this, I mean, it's fucking pitch black out there. It's in the dark, the track, as near as I can tell, could fit in my backyard. What, like, he gets him in a crash, the guy gets out of the car, and all of a sudden he's back? Like, how big is the track? I thought these things were like half miles. This, that thing was like 30 feet around. It was just a circle. It was like a, basically all the racers were just doing donuts flying sideways. Also, they're like cars have like big airplane wings on the top so they don't fly away. I don't know what that is. It didn't look very easy to control, but the guy, you know, thoughts and prayers, but he was wearing all black and he ran out into the middle of a dark track And also, I feel like that thing on the top of the car, that big piece of fiberglass that they have there, I feel like that makes it so it's kind of hard to see to the right because I don't know if you, like, Ed didn't take this into account. Obviously, I'll I'll be the voice of reason. They only turn fucking left the whole time. So, like, seeing to your right doesn't seem that important because they're only going the one direction. I'm not, like, 100% sure he saw the dude. But either way... I mean, it is kind of fucked up if he did see him, but I don't know. Even if he saw him, it's not like he saw him from the other side of the track and like could really size up to think about it. If he saw him, he saw him for a split fucking second, and I don't know if he tried to swerve or what. But the point is, is that if you don't want to get run over on a, in a dune buggy race, don't stand in the middle of the fucking track, especially if you're wearing all black. Black, like I said, thoughts and prayers. Well, why do they do that in the middle of the night? Like, do it in the daytime perfectly light in the daytime like you could see shit in the daytime either way like i just i'm not buying the whole murder aspect like i like that ed's like making that a thing and fuck it yeah charge him with murder i don't care uh but i don't want to be honest i just don't i think it was an accident you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know Tony Stewart, and I know he's got sort of a reputation as being a dick. But uh, there's one thing to be a dick, and there's another thing to fucking maim a guy, kill him with uh, with your dune buggy in the middle of the road, like middle of the racetrack. A lot of questions about that racetrack. Seriously, so small, in the dark. And also, people were watching this. Why? It looked like, I mean, how could you even, it was like chaos out there. How could you even tell who's in the lead? Like, was Tony Stewart leading? And shouldn't he, like, I know he loves to race, but isn't it like like the rules that he should always win because he's like a pro and these guys are all like building these shits in their barn and he's got a whole team that he can pay to drive down there. So isn't it like kind of embarrassing if he doesn't win every time? Like, I wouldn't do it just based on that. Either way, thoughts and prayers to that kid. Sorry that he died. Okay, Ed, tell me, now that we have you here, now that we've had you here virtually, we've tackled all the tough subjects, tell us what is going on in the world of sports, what do you need me to respond to, what's happening?
0: Okay, uh, first sports story to discuss, rapper Ludacris posted a funny picture on Instagram last week of a bunch of guys with women on their shoulders, one of the guys was engulfed by a fat woman. You could barely see his head. The next picture was of Pac-Man Jones wearing a neck brace uh, with the caption, Hashtag, now that's ludicrous. The harmless enough tweet got tens of thousands of likes, but one prominent dislike from Mr. Pac-Man Jones himself. Pac-Man responded to Luda, Nice post. Now when I see you, I'm going to beat your ass. Now post that. Hashtag, pussy. Brian, on a scale of one to ten, how worried should the Georgia rapper be? This is a tough one, Ed.
2: Uh, I don't know how worried Luda should be. I would say, well, the thing is, um, we forget because it's been a while. But Pac-Man Jones like had his bodyguards shoot people before. Like there's, there was a strip club Malay that Pac-Man Jones orchestrated. Orchestrated. Whoa, orchestrated. Uh, where he, like, had people shot, like, a hail of bullets. Um, So he's not to be trifled with. I'm surprised he's still around, because he was a fucking just complete fuck-up. So that's kind of shocking. Honestly, I had no idea that either of these dudes were still a thing. Like, both these guys were sort of things back when cornrows were still happening. But that was quite a while back. They both had cornrows. I'm not sure if they still do. And I'm not sure who to have more of a beef with here. On the one hand, PMJ is being way too fucking sensitive. But on the other hand, if I don't know if you've seen the picture, it's one of those stupid pictures, like somebody, it was. it's like a, along the lines of Grumpy Cat where people take a picture and they put a caption on it. But this wasn't that. It was just like a picture. It was like four bros in the pool with like their ladies on their shoulders. And one bro's lady was like 350 pounds, which I guess is kind of funny. And then the next picture was a dude with a neck brace on, which is just Pac-Man Jones. But the thing is, it's not like he's like, I need to fucking find a picture of Pac-Man Jones to make fun of him. He was just looking for a picture of somebody with a neck brace. And it's probably somebody else's thing that he just copied and used. To Ed said the thing got fucking like thousands of retweets or favorites or whatever. I don't know where this was housed. Either way. That's fucking stupid. It was a stupid joke. It was offensively unfunny. And I don't, you know, I wouldn't be mad if I was Pac-Man Jones, who's clearly oversensitive. I don't know. I don't know who to call the winner or loser here. They're both pretty big losers. I would say the verdict is that they're both bitches.
0: Next story, Ed. Recently, compromising pictures surfaced of strippers, and Cowboy's owner and dead ringer for one of the sleaze stacks from the TV show Land of the Lost, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones acknowledged that the pictures of him grabbing the yams of some stripper and another girl snuggling up to his apple bag were taken at a Dallas restaurant, but declared that the pictures have been misrepresented. Brian, is this all a misunderstanding? Have you ever been in a restaurant where a stripper gets on her knees and funnels your equipment? Also, how bad must it be for some of these fathers and family members of the girls? Uh, it's one thing if you're caught with uh, the the woman Divine Brown who got caught with Hugh Grant. I mean, he's a nice enough look- looking guy, but like Jerry Jones. It, it's hard to believe any stripper would sink that low, no matter how much money he's got.
2: Yeah, Jerry, like bad luck. Little bit, I guess. I mean... Personally, I ain't mad at Jerry Jones. Every, like, he looks pretty weird. He's definitely had some tough plastic surgery on the face. Just note of advice to anybody getting plastic surgery. A, less is more. Two, don't make an appointment in Tijuana. Like, there's a couple places in the world. I'll, I'll give you the list of places where it's, it's acceptable to get plastic surgery. A, Newport Beach, California. Well known, Newport Beach, Orange County. It's fucking plastic surgery mecca. All the best surgeons. That's acceptable. Two, Beverly Hills. Obviously, plenty of good doctors there. Dr. Beverly Hills, I think, might have even been a show. That guy did Taekwondo. Either way, whatever. That's a good place to go. Third, East Coast, Manhattan, where Ed lives, near where Ed lives. Manhattan, Bee Hills, Newport Beach. Anywhere else, you're gonna get fucking butchered. And that's, ask Jerry Jones. Uh, I mean, this is kind of between him, between Jerry and Mrs. Jones, isn't it? Like, not really any of our business. He's not, I mean, yeah, he's like sorta cavorting with slutty chicks and it was at a restaurant i guess he's wearing a blazer and although i need to ask like what kind of restaurants do they have in dallas like one chick's like sort of not quite simulating fellatio but her head is like right next to where his droopy old saggy balls would be like I'm, i don't know any restaurant i figure i mean he's wearing a jacket I and mean, it must be a pretty nice place is this like acceptable in dallas restaurants i don't know I don't. I've never been to Dallas. I know it sucks, uh, but I feel like it's pretty high end. Probably a steak joint. I feel like they're all steak joints in Dallas, so I, I need to know more about that. And these chicks should get both Academy Awards and hazardous duty pay because they're really they really seem to be enjoying the company of Jerry. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I've heard Jerry. Uh, everyone I've ever known that's encountered the guy, I've just. Heard that he's a fucking really cool dude. Uh, just a really nice, friendly guy. I don't, you know, I'm not a cowboy fan. I don't really have any quarrel with him. Uh, but these chicks were like, uh, you know, he, he's a million years old compared to these broads. So uh, I, they were really like, they must have been handsomely rewarded because they were really seemed to be enjoying hanging out with him. Also, maybe they should get hazardous duty pay. Academy Awards. A, they need Academy Awards. Two, they need hazardous duty pay, because if they did, if Jerry did get down with him, I mean, he's real damn old. He's probably in his, how fucking old is this guy, Jerry Jones? He's got to be in his 70s. He's got droopy balls. I mean, that's, unless he's had surgery on those, you never know. Um, it's, can't, I mean, he's not handsome. Let's, we could say that. I know he's a nice guy. Sorry, Jerry. I apologize. Uh, he's not handsome. You know, they they were really, they were earning their pay, definitely. And he should just be more careful with cameras. Like, you know, just, you never see pictures of a Derek Jeter like this, and he's out there giving the hurt, I, I mean, hanging out with chicks left and right. You never, you've never seen a compromising picture of him. And the rumor is, is because he confiscates all cameras. Doesn't allow his photo to be taken, which is smart.
0: So Jerry should try that.
2: Uh, okay, Ed. Next question. What else is happening in the world of sports?
0: Finally, on Sunday, Florida State's football Twitter account posted the following tweet. Hashtag Knowles fans. Do you have a question for our starting quarterback, Jameis Winston? Tweet us using hashtag Ask Jameis. The responses range from the mild, like this stolen crab leg question. Jameis, do you know... That you have to get to buy one to get one free at Publix? Hashtag Ask Jamis. To the more severe, after getting away with a high-profile rape and theft, what crime will you commit to complete your triple crown? Hashtag Ask Jamis. Brian, you were in PR. How dumb is the PR department at Florida State for setting this up?
2: Yeah, Jameis Winston. Ah, oh, this is great. This was hilarious to me. I mean, it's just, when you really feel... Think of the gyrations. This is this is a, a major university athletic department. Apparently, the national champions, the BCS champion football team. Like this, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of people, a lot of eyes. Everything typically is very curated. There's a lot of approvals that need to happen. And, you know, it's not, it's not like just some, it's not like me, like when I'm drunk on a Friday night. Sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I'll start interacting with people on Twitter. Like, hey, ask me questions. You know, like if you follow me, you want to ask. I'll, I'll have some funny answers for you. Uh, that's just me. Like I'm stupid. Like I don't. I don't have a, a reputation to protect. Mm. Something like this usually takes weeks to plan and needs to be signed off on by a number of smart people. That means that Ask Jamis was probably the product of several apparently fully functional human brains, which is just tough to imagine. I just, like, I feel like somebody, some intern had this idea and was like, what do you think? And all these people had to approve it, like the athletic director and the coach for sure, and all sorts of people, the PR, the SID, uh, all all sorts of people had to agree that this was a good idea. And I feel like somewhere along the line, at least one person would be like, you know what, Mike, this is a pretty good idea, but I, I don't want to spoil the party. But there was that whole rape thing. You guys remember that? That was where a woman said, Jameis, you know, the quarterback that we want to talk to the public, A woman said Jameis raped her, and then the Tallahassee PD decided there wasn't enough evidence to file charges, but it turned out that the Tallahassee PD never even technically investigated the charges. Did I ring a bell with you guys? Anyway, I know it's highly unlikely, but someone could potentially ask him about that. Just playing devil's advocate here. Oh, also... Um, he shoplifted crab legs from a supermarket like a few months ago. Um, that potentially could be brought up. I don't want to be a buzzkill, but maybe this isn't the best idea. And, of course, they somehow they went through with it. They did it. Um, no, there were, were no voices of reason in Tallahassee. Not that I should be shocked by that. And, shockingly, Twitter lit up with tons of questions referencing exactly those two incidents. Huh. What are the odds? Who'd have guessed? Really, really sort of shocked there. Um, and Ed read off a few. They were mostly all about uh, his, you know, rape and crab leg thiever thievery. Um, I'm sure there were a few Knowles fans that were like, Hey, Jameis, you gonna go 14-0 again? You gonna get us another BCS championship? We love you. We love you down here, brother. We love you, Jameis. Also, that name—that's what would have been my question. Jameis, Jame isn't. Like, what fucking kind of name is that? Um, but my favorite, and I and I didn't—I wish I could credit whomever wrote it. But it was my favorite. Ask Jameis question was the elegant in its brevity. Quote: Can you read? <laughs> Sometimes you know it's the simple shit that just fucking wins. Uh, so yeah, that was really really stupid of them. Um, not shocked that that came. You know you don't you don't see Harvard or Columbia or Princeton or Long Beach State putting their accused felons out there to be questioned by the masses, unfettered, unfiltered. That's the word I was looking for. Fettered, filtered. I don't know words. I don't know sports. I don't know words. I don't know stuff. Uh, all right, Ed. Excellent job. Ed, let's get down to this. How fucking old is this guy? Okay, Ed. I was sitting there the other night. I was with my family. My my girlfriend wanted to, my children to see a very f- popular cult classic? Not even a cult classic. I mean, it's a movie that a lot of people know. Um, it was a big movie in my childhood, but I, it's about dancing, so I never saw it myself. I don't watch movies about dancing. And of course, I'm ta- it had Kevin Bacon in it. Of course, I'm talking about the very popular movie, Footloose. In that movie, Town is it's illegal to dance in the town. The town is run by a reverend, who is um, I, just, I just learned this like last week. The, the reverend is has lost a son who was listening to loud music, and that caused him to get in a car accident. So no music is allowed in the town. And Kevin Bacon comes down from the big city and shakes things up, and he gets a girlfriend. And his girlfriend was the sister of that dude that played the Beastmaster. Remember that? can't remember her name, but the Beastmaster, it was the Beastmaster's sister was the girlfriend. Also, she was supposed to be in high school. She looked like she was about 43 years old because that's how they did it back in the 80s. Uh, but speaking of people that I was shocked because the, the guy that played her dad looked very old in that movie and he's still around today. And of course, I'm talking about the very well-known, super creepy character actor. You may know him from Harry and the Hendersons. Spinning lots of shit. Of course, I'm talking about John
0: Lithgow. Ed, how fucking old is John Lithgow? Alright, John Lithgow. I feel like I've got a pretty good beat on this guy. Let's say Footloose was 30 years ago. 80, 1984 is 30 years ago. He was the father of a pretty hot high school senior girl... He looked a little older for a dad, but like not really. He was, he was older. I'll say he was 50 something, but I'll be generous. I'll say he was 50 there because we all know people in the early eighties didn't take care of themselves. So I'll say he was 50 there 30 years later. Happy 80th birthday, John Lithgow.
2: Turns out that Ed and I are once again on exactly the same page I thought John Lithgow was 50 years old or so during that during the filming of Footloose. But in fact, John Lithgow, born October 19th, 1945, is only 68 today. Subtract 30 years from 68 and he was 38 years old. 38 years old at Footloose, 1 year younger than I am. I thought he was 50, maybe as old as 55. Really, really incredible to think that he was younger than I am right now. It's unbelievable. John Lithgow, 68 years old. Ed, who is your how fucking old is this guy?
0: Okay, my how fucking old is this guy is somebody you know. Um, He had a real good run in the early to mid-80s, Wilford Brimley. To give you a couple of uh, points, the movie Cocoon was 85, The Natural was 84, Remo Williams, great underrated action movie, was 1985, uh, Wilford Brimley, tell me, how old is Wilford Brimley today?
2: Once again, Ed, you and I are on the same page, we are together on this one, Remo Williams, one of my all-time favorite, and very underrated action movie. Uh, Who can forget Fred Ward and his star turn as Remo Williams? How how did he not get a series of those? Because I was ready for the Remo Williams sequel, and I think they might have done a TV movie at some point. Anyway, some studio dropped the fucking ball because Remo Williams is awesome. Chun? Dude's not even Asian. Uh, But, to be honest, I'm pretty shocked that Wilford Brimley is alive still. He's really hanging in there. Maybe, I mean, he's like older than Chun at this point because based on your thinking, Ed, and I'll go with this, people in the 80s did not take care of themselves. So in 1985, he looked like he was about 75 years old, but I'll knock a few years off of that for the 80s. Just because everybody was fucking old in the eighties, I'll say that in ni- well, I'll knock a decade off of that. So in 1985, he was 65 years old. 30 years later, that would make him nearly 30 years later. 29 years later, that would make him a crisp. Still doing commercials. Still pronouncing it diabetes. Still got that stash. I bet Mrs. Brimley loves that stash. You know what I'm saying, Wilford? Down there and do some work with that stash, don't you? A little flavor saver, don't you, rascal? You're a rascal. Uh, that makes him a the ripe young age of ninety four years old. Ed Wilford Brimley is ninety four.
0: Wilford Brimley is seventy nine years old, which means thirty years ago, when he was in the natural he was in his 40s and he was the he was probably filming cocoon in his 40s and was hitting 50 right around the time cocoon came out so wilford brimley was born in september september 27th 1934 that makes him 79 years old game set match Unbelievable, quite possibly the best of
2: all time. How fucking old is this guy? Wilford Brimley, 79. I just can't even... I feel like we need some DNA evidence. I feel like he might be shaving 30, maybe 40 years off his age. Maybe he took some of that serum and cocoon where they went in the pool. It wasn't a serum. It was like they flavored the pool with the fountain of youth with those cocoon things. Made everybody feel young. Maybe he actually took that. You ever think about that? I don't know if we can ever do better. If you think you can, email us, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. Okay, Ed, excellent job as always. Thanks for checking in from England. And that brings us to our final segment of the program. You hear her music. You know it. You love it. You wait all week to check in on what is happening in the world of pop culture. It's Fancy Pop. It is my pleasure to bring on our special ballerlifestyle.com bachelorette and pop culture correspondent Fancy Sauce. How you doing Fancy?
1: Hey, I'm doing good.
2: Good to hear. I know you're missing Ed. It's kind of weird to do this without Ed. It's just the two of us. When's
1: Ed coming home? I don't know.
2: I think it's I think it's the entire month of August. But he has children. They have to go to school, right?
1: Can't believe he bailed for a month, Ed.
2: I'm like, do they even have schools in England? Would they be Would he be putting them?
1: Is he homeschooling?
2: He might be. He might be a homeschooler.
1: <laughs> Ed does not strike me as a homeschooler. No,
2: definitely not. Uh, okay, Kate. What is happening? What is going on in the world of pop culture? I didn't preview any stories other than The Bachelor in Paradise, which I can't wait to get to. Let's get all the other stories out of the way. What is happening in the world of pop culture?
1: Okay, first of all, and the Kardashian weekly Kardashian report... Uh, AKA, what is up?
2: My favorites. What is up with...
1: A.K.A. America's Royal Family. Right, right. Just when you thought she couldn't get any worse, Kim Kardashian is releasing a coffee table, table book of 352... Sexy Selfies, titled yep. Selfish. I mean, it literally was only a matter of time before she attempted to monetize what she does best, which is taking photographs of herself. Um, even worse than Kim Kardashian, though, is any human that shells out the 1995 to purchase this book.
2: Absolutely, Kate. This is, of course, I'm not. Like, she's like a squatty ethnic broad from Glendale. Yeah, she like this she's is,
1: the luckiest.
2: This is no, this is not like any kind of ravishing beauty. Um, no, no, like no one. I don't need to see one picture of her, much less three hundred and something. People
1: do know that you can just follow her on Instagram and for free see endless selfies of I her, though, right? I Would
2: never bring myself to do that. But Kate, this is a good. Like I was thinking. Definitely like the Entourage movie. The Entourage movie comes out next year. Mm-hmm. That's going to be ground zero for my sterilization laser that I want to. Oh, right. Every, every showing of the Entourage movie, everyone that bought a ticket, as soon as the previews start, they won't even feel it. It's like an x-ray, just a, a quick, just like that. And my sterilization laser will sterilize everyone in the theater. I feel like I could do, I could do something with this book. Like as soon as you purchase this book... At Barnes and Noble or on Amazon or right. KimKardashian.com. like something, some there's got to be a way that when the book arrives, there's something like on it. It's like laced, and as soon as it touches your skin, it it makes it so it's impossible for you to ever reproduce. Chemical castration <laughs> via the That's Kardashian book. What do you think?
1: That's not a bad idea. I just the Kardashians are so pervasive; they're everywhere. They're all over the celebrity news, the regular news. I really, I can't get away from them. I
2: don't get it. I want away from them. Is, is there more Kardashian news?
1: Yeah, over the weekend, Kim's younger sister, Kendall, who's 18, um, who basically... That's her
2: half-sister.
1: Grew, yeah, she's a Kim, um, Kim's mom, Kris, who mm-hmm, I, with would, a K. I would argue is the worst of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't and I
2: wouldn't Bruce argue Jen- with you.
1: And Bruce Jenner's child. Um she basically grew up on keeping up with the Kardashians. Bruce, so she had very little chance of growing up a, a decent. Bruce employee. Jenner was once the greatest
2: athlete in the world. That's
1: now It's it's incredible. Yep. Yeah. And now he looks like your your attractive he, aunt. Yeah.
2: He he looks like my baby. my lesbian aunt. <laughs> I don't have a lesbian aunt, but if I did, I hope she would look okay. as good as Bruce Jenner.
1: Apparently Kendall over the weekend was at uh Mercer Kitchen in Soho, dining out with her buddy, Haley Baldwin, daughter of Stephen Baldwin. Uh, apparently, they skipped out on the check, which was about $60, because they couldn't get an alcoholic drink from the waitress because Whoa. they are teenagers. Yes. Um I'll read from the story. According to page six, Kendall was out at the Mercer Kitchen in Soho with Haley Baldwin. Daughter of Stephen Baldwin couldn't get a drink and annoyed Kendall got up and left and didn't pay for all the food, about $60 worth and without a tip. Mm. Her server actress, Blaine Morris from Skin, Uh. apparently ran outside to confront the diamond ditching Junior Kardashian who took a couple of 20s out of her wallet, threw them at the server, walked away, not even counting if it was enough tip.
2: Ah, what a fucking bitch.
1: I mean... Is that not the worst? Seriously,
2: or? well, there's nothing worse than entitled children of privilege.
1: Bruce Jenner's not going to be very happy. I don't think he is going to uh, be very impressed Let's with his be un- behavior.
2: Let's be honest. He doesn't wear the skirt He's in the family. He, he, really,
1: do he really wears the skirt. He, he doesn't.
2: He doesn't wear <laughs> the uh, Saint John women's <laughs> pantsuit in the family. Um, he is not in control of anything there. This is Chris's thing, and she will somehow spin it. Trust me, this oh, will sure. be a storyline on that shitty television program they produce. Um, also, like...
1: Apparently the waitress tweeted about it afterwards. Good
2: for her. I support the waitress. This woman was on something called Skins, and now she's out there... Oh, I like skins. ...slanging drinks, trying to make a few bucks. Um, I, you know, I. it's one of those things. When you're underage, you just kind of got to wing it and hope... You go if you don't have a fake ID or you hope you can trade on your fame. Just
1: because you don't get what you yes. want in any situation. Doesn't mean you don't have life. to fucking pay. Well it doesn't mean you act like an asshole yeah. either. Yes, you got some other shit. The not paying is beyond.
2: Yes, it's beyond. She was probably embarrassed. She's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay, next story. Okay, Kate.
1: that hot mess, Courtney Love, claims she lost about twenty seven million in Nirvana money. Um, which is a lot of flannel shirts.
2: <laughs> Good one,
1: ben.
0: um Love
1: explained that much of the dough went towards settling several lawsuits over the years. In typical Love fashion, however, she's not sweating it. Quote, I know that's a lifetime of money to most people. I mean, to everyone. <sighs> but I'm a big girl. It's rock and roll. It's nirvana money. I had to let it go. I make enough to live on. I'm financially solvent. I focus on what I make now. I had to let it go. Like, that's her excuse. Twenty seven dollars yeah. One thing that helped her keep track of her money, she claims, was cocaine and later crack. Quote, I had to run very fast to look after my money. What? Mm. And I felt cocaine helped me do that. So I started wow. taking cocaine, and that turned into nine months of crack.
2: Well, if there's one thing I know for sure, everyone I've ever known that's done lots of cocaine and crack very organized people, very yes. on top of their finances, well. like always like really in control of everything in their life. So why should Courtney Love be any different? And here's the thing. Like, I don't like, I like Nirvana's music. Like Kurt, you know, I, I don't I like anoint Kurt Cobain genius status like some people, but he was like, he rocked. Like he was pretty cool. Um, what? Like, of course, at some point, like, this marriage would not have lasted. It just so happens that he fucking took his own life while he was married to this dumb bitch. Right place, right time. if only he had waited, like, six more months, he could have divorced her, paid her off, she would have been out, she would have gone broke on her own, we wouldn't have to deal with her anymore. And you gotta know that the other two dudes in Nirvana are, like, so bummed out that... Everything they do, she's got a say in. If they want to put out a box set, if they want to do anything with Nirvana's music, this bitch has a say in it, even though she didn't make any of it.
1: Well, right. We watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. And Nirvana received an award. And, of course, Courtney Love was up on stage yes. said a few words. And you could tell that no one wanted to hug her Shock. or listen to yes. what she had to say. Yes. It was all very awkward. And it does say a lot that her own daughter is estranged from right. her. Right.
2: She's a gadfly. She's a hanger-on. She loves to do blow and Pills and booze. I'm sure. I really wish she. Well, would she's go
1: away. also a world class idiot. Yeah,
2: she sucks. Okay, Kate. Next story.
1: <laughs> In one of the right. many false celebrity gossip story that makes it to the internet, apparently, uh, sister sister star Tia Mowry did not uh, oh, was not rude to Charlie's uh, Theron hold on, hold and Soul Cycle. Hold on a
2: second. <laughs> If I, Although I don't
1: think the story is all the way false. If like, I
2: read another made-up story about Sister Sister star Tia Mowry this week, it'll probably be like the 50th one. That poor girl. Who the fuck is she?
1: Um, She was on a show with her twin sister, I think, called Sister Sister, and now I think either she or both of them have a reality show. Jeez.
2: Everybody has a reality show.
1: Apparently, though, she was quoted as saying... Um, and this went down at SoulCycle in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, SoulCycle's
2: like a celebrity spinning.
1: Yeah. Um, so apparently Tia was at SoulCycle, so was Charlize. Tia saw Charlize from across her room. Tia's a big fan of Charlize, walked over and tried to talk to her. And so this is apparently what she said. Tia, Tia claims, she wasn't very nice to me. I said hi. And she actually rolled her eyes and said, oh my God. Um... Anyway, and Tia claims she she was disappointed. She said, I wasn't over the top. I know how to approach another celebrity. No, you don't. Charlize was just mean. Another I'm just celebrity. Being, I'm just being honest. Now, she's quoted as saying that, so that's what she said happened. Well, there's
2: only one celebrity in the room.
1: Right. And it's funny that she uh, equated herself on Charlize's level right. and thought she'd go I over there. I know how
2: to approach a But the thing is, it's something like that soul cycle. It's a a celebrity hotspot for workout, the way you approach a celebrity in SoulCycle is you don't.
1: No one wants to be talked to at the gym. No. By anyone. No
2: one's looking their best. And it's be like an unwritten rule. And I'm not a like, um this is this is a civilian free zone here. We're doing Soul Cycle. Like leave I, me the fuck alone. I think
1: the false part of this story Team was Charlize. that it was cla- it was claimed that Charlize tried to kick, get, have Tia kicked out of Soul Cycle once and for all, but apparently that's not true. Good to hear. Um, and then apparently, Charlize was spotted over the weekend at LAX um, with some bling on her ring finger, wow. um, which is fueling ru- rumors that she and Sean Penn are engaged already.
2: Using the word bling on my podcast, huh? You think that's okay?
1: You yeah, think bl- that you bling.
2: think that's acceptable?
1: Bling is baller.
2: Oh my god. Um, well, that's good for Sean. He's like five six. She's like five eleven.
1: Bling is the only way that. Uh, diamonds are referred to in celebrity news, by the way. Oh, oh,
2: that's right. Um, like, I feel, and he's getting, he's getting a little up there, so, like, if they go to the mall, or they go hiking or something, like, she could give him a piggyback ride pretty easily. Um, they're a good couple. I'm happy for them. I hope it works out.
1: Okay, I've got a bit of a bombshell to drop. Apparently, producers of The Bachelor are, uh, closely considering Nick, by no, Al no, to be the next not. Bachelor. No,
2: they're not. No, they're not. Right. This is a planted story. There's no way Nick, who is a sociopath... I mean...
1: It, Apparently, they've, though, they've, they've he rec- generated a lot of interest with his After the Rose, you know, shenanigans. Well, he was, and he's done a lot of morning shows, uh, going around, doing the rounds, talking about he, how he was wrong. I'll say it right now. How he made love to Andy. I'm not
2: watching that Bachelor.
1: Um so apparently um you hear that bachelor
2: producers? Apparently
1: he's the front runner and then um uh, between obviously Farmer Chris and Ari Luindike
2: Luindike
1: Luindike mm-hmm. Um so I guess we'll see what happens
2: it's, but, it's but between Nick Farmer Chris and, and Ari, Ari Leondyke Jr. Yeah. Um, there's no way. I feel like this is just a way for them to drum up interest. Although it was kind of weird that they didn't announce The Bachelor on The Bachelorette after The Rose.
1: Because they don't know. But I'm not watching. They're still deciding. Look,
2: if you thought Juan Pablo was bad, this guy, at least oh, they I'm didn't,
1: definitely watching. they
2: didn't know Juan Pablo was a sociopath when they plugged him in. Yeah, they had to learn that. In I filming. feel like this
1: would be a lot more interesting than Farmer Chris, although he's my favorite. Yeah, um, this would be more interesting because N- he's such a tool. No,
2: he's a huge tool. I'm not into Nick Vile, as that um, Nick Vile is vile.
1: <laughs> uh, good one. I bet that's never been done before. <laughs> Made a pun.
2: Nick. Another v- word. More like Nick Vile. Get at me, people. <laughs> Uh, No, this isn't happening. That's okay, that's let's a planet story. Let's talk
1: Bachelor in Paradise. Let's talk
2: about it. I'm so excited about this. I'm I, if I wasn't hooked after first episode, I mean,
1: lots of good stuff happened. I'm,
2: I'm so much good stuff happened, and you know me, I'm not a preparation guy. I'm not a quote note taker, and I really wish I had because a lot of shit happened last I night. I took
1: some notes, so I'll I'll fill you in.
2: Okay, Kate, let's so talk about we it. We
1: got two new contestants last night. Two guys,
2: right. Some guy called Chris, Chris
1: Bukowski, who, who claims
2: is, he's 27. Who he, he looks, looks 47. 47. He yeah. looks
1: like he's the poor man's Gerard Butler.
2: All of these guys lie. Everyone on the show lies about their age. Okay,
1: he was from apparently. I didn't watch. Emily's season of The Bachelorette, but he was apparently on that, and he got rejected by her. And then he was later on Bachelor Pad, where he sexed some people. Yeah, apparently. he came in as
2: a bad boy. Everybody's like, "Watch out for this guy." He's he likes to make out with lots of girls. He's in it for himself. Playa, not here for the right reasons. And right away, he's making out with some chick. That's well, apparently
1: on. And then also, you remember he tried to crash that first night of Andy Dorfman's season um, of The Bachelorette that's when everyone right. arrives and that's has a right. cocktail party. He showed up and he was like. Desperate to meet Andy, and she turned him away.
2: Yeah, fame so, whore like everyone else on the show. He showed
1: up with a day card in hand, and he asked Claire... To go with him. Yep,
2: they went and got couples and massages. It did
1: seem like Claire liked him because she likes anyone who pays her any attention, yeah. but I didn't feel like there was any spot <sighs> flying.
2: Claire is desperate. Our Claire is
1: so desperate. She's
2: all kinds of desperate.
1: Chris is just making moves as we later say. See, he wasted no time taking advantage of poor Elise and Dylan's second day relish crisis.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Day two of their relationship, and they were having a big crisis. Dylan admitted to the camera he was feeling smothered by Elise and was worried he was losing the opportunity to meet other people. So he encouraged her to go on other dates.
2: Uh, Bloated Dylan, who's Chris nicknamed
1: Fat Damon.
2: Yeah, Fat Damon. He's (laughs) carrying a lot of water weight around. He also
1: could use some sunscreen. Yeah,
2: he's a bad sunburn sunburn
1: from Boston,
2: had a crucifix on. He's the, the ultimate, Like pulls his board shorts up real high like everyone from the East Coast. Uh, he was feeling a little smothered by Elise. So he he's,
1: told her. He you know, they, you they've go. known each
2: other a day at right. this point, maybe two. Uh, he's like, look, I wouldn't mind if you went on some dates. And immediately,
1: well, like any woman feeling rejected, at least took that directive to heart, and she used Chris to unsuccessfully yeah. try and make him jealous by having a late night romp in the ocean with Chris, with a long makeout section session for everyone to see. It was her
2: whole her whole plan was be like, oh yeah, well, I'll make out with a the guy, then Dylan will realize he really wants me, well, and we'll be live happily ever after. This
1: is an old tired play. It is and only girls. Really, it does not work now. Only really basic bitches, try this. Yes, that's true. You've got to be very skilled to pull this kind of thing off yes. and have it work. Okay? Yeah. It really backfired for her. Absolutely. Um, Dylan's ego couldn't take the kind of ga- these kind of games. His lack of maturity, he couldn't see it for the desperate attempt it was to make him want her. Yep. And this is a shame. I feel like these two were made for each other.
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. Elise
1: is... She's a bogan. Yes. And she is as dumb as you can possibly be. Shh. Whenever she talks, which is... of the entire show. um, Everyone, there's cutaways to eye rolls and confused looks. They play like clown music. She's real stupid. She's
2: real stupid. Um,
1: Claire also was not impressed with Chris, who she'd just been on a date with making out with Elise, and she branded him a professional and a womanizer and said he would not be getting a rose from her.
2: Well, let's get... Hold on. Let's get back to Elise and Dylan. I happen to like when she's like... When Dylan's like, look, Elise, if you offer me a rose...
1: Oh, he told her.
2: I'm not going to take it because I'm not into you. And she's like, you're sending me mixed messages. (laughs) Like, I don't even understand. You're so confusing. And he's like, what I'm trying to say is... I don't like you. We're not going to date. I'm going to try to hook it up with your one arm friend. You understand? And she's like, What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you're so you're into me, but you just don't want to admit it?
1: I made a promise to myself that we would not refer to Sarah as Sarah one arm. Really?
2: That's it's really not cool because the, she's like the coolest chick there. Like if she's
1: my favorite. I, if I, she talks real slow and deliberate, and yeah, it makes me laugh.
2: She's funny. She's a little bit cynical. Uh, you know, she's she's cute. She's not like super glamorous, but she's nice looking. Like she's if Elise's I were,
1: BFF. Yeah,
2: a guy that's on the show would be smart to try to hook up with her because she's not crazy,
1: and that's what Dylan does. Yeah. in a turn twist of events. Yes, or, uh, in a weird turn of events. How'd that
2: go? He try He tries. Dylan his, gets a
1: day card. Elise is assuming and or hoping that right. he will forgive her. And take her. Instead, he goes to her best friend on the island and asks Sarah. Yes, this
2: is this is this. Sarah is. has
1: to go and ask Elise for permission. Right. Elise says yes because at least if you go, I know that nothing will happen. And Dylan makes a play.
2: Speaking of basic, this is a, this is a very very difficult parlay. Guys have pulled it. What up, Ed Daly? But it's very difficult from swing to swing from one friend to her best friend in a the span of a day, particularly when you're all camped out at the same very unglamorous resort. There's just there was just no way Dylan was gonna pull this off. He's way too basic, he's way too East Coast, he's not as suave as the kind of guy that can parlay want the roommate to the friend. And he was not able to pull it off, was he? Well,
1: I'll tell you why in a minute, because I think the reason why um, really happened during the rose ceremony, but we're not quite there yet. Mm. So then we've got Robert, who I don't think is hot, and he always has a red nose. Yeah, He's all butthurt yes. that Lacey, with the huge fake titties, is holding hands and kissing with Marcus L- after they shared their romantic date.
2: Lacey is... Ugly. She's the least attractive person. <laughs> Lacey there.
1: has clearly chosen the hotter of the two guys, Marcus, from Andy's yeah, yeah. Um, season who told her Andy he loved her on the first date and I'm sure yeah. he's going to be telling Lacey he loves her anytime soon. He
2: also has, he also claims to be 25 but he has the male pattern baldness of a 49 year old soccer dad.
1: But I think he's arguably the hottest guy there. Either him or the new guy, Chris.
2: He's in good shape. Uh, I'm not feeling Chris. Uh, Yeah, I would say Marcus is probably the best looking.
1: Okay, so the cast had a party to welcome Chris on his first night, um, coining the cringeful phrase, Yopo, as in you only paradise once.
2: Oh, I didn't... I must have been looking at my phone. They took
1: shots and acted like idiots.
2: Babe, Yopo. Yopo.
1: I miss that. Yeah, you guys can use that. Oh my
2: god, I'm so glad I missed that. Um,
1: So the second new arrival was this guy, Zach, from Desiree heart season of The Bachelorette who Claire immediately gravitated towards oh, saying yeah. he had quote-unquote good pheromones and that yes. she immediately felt a romantic connection. They had, yeah, Poor connection. Her, Everybody's that's having that's
2: connections. Well. Do, we have connection? Do we have a connection? Do we have a connection? Connection, connection? It's all. It's all right. Reasons and connections.
1: Um... Yeah, and then okay. So the biggest, I think, obviously, it's a fake planet story of the night is that Mark Carroll finds conveniently finds a letter that fell out of Ben's oh, backpack.
2: Totally. Ben, I forgot about Ben.
1: That was. Well, Ben hasn't made any connections. No, he
2: hasn't. He, he just
1: bros down with everyone, and he's just there yeah, to play some, he, some, like, touch football. He
2: obviously and, hadn't made any connections with any SPF 30, either, because my man needed to get out of the fucking sun. But the
1: producers need to provide sunscreen. Apparently. Everyone's sunburned. Holy shit. Um, so they find this letter that was apparently written by his girlfriend back home. Okay. No one writes handwritten letters.
2: No. They send emails these days.
1: Right, and you can just read them on your phone.
2: And then he like didn't deny. Well, they all all
1: confront him, and yeah, it it turns out Shakara, he's not there for the right reasons. Yeah,
2: right reasons. And Michelle Money, who she has a
1: breakdown over this, who was
2: not in any way had no relationship (laughs) with Ben. Probably never talked to him. She's.
1: She's practicing her dramatic acting.
2: She's like kind of making out with Markel at this point. She's
1: going to put this on her reel for auditions yeah. where you have to cry.
2: She she started pouring copious tears that Ben had not been there for the right reason and didn't wasn't taking it seriously. And if anyone else was like that on the show, she wanted to leave right that moment because she was on her third reality show for the right reasons.
1: Right. Ben might have taken the place of her soulmate, and now she'll never know.
2: She'll never know.
1: So Ben picked up his green turtle backpack and said, <laughs> I'm fuck? done with Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> ben. <laughs> okay, so the night of the run- to
2: wear some. Hopefully there was some aloe vera back at the hotel. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um the night of the rose ceremony, there were some awkward conversations. Firstly, Marquel chatted with Michelle Money. They have a connection. Um he said he liked her, but he had a list of concerns, one of them being that, quote, she likes to drink.
2: They never got past his which, first he, was, list.
1: which so, he wasn't sure he was okay with. Yeah. Um basically called her a drunk. And you know, no surprise Michelle Money did not take this very well. Yeah,
2: and then, then he then he took a big <laughs> swag off his chianti. <laughs>
1: Um, Dylan had another chat with Elise, explained to her that he just wanted to be friends, and it was apparent that she was not comprehending what he was saying at all. He told her again not to give him a rose at the rose ceremony because he wouldn't accept it. But Elise hears something totally different when Dylan speaks.
2: Yeah, she's a moron. She's really, really stupid.
1: Um, then, so at the rose ceremony, ignoring what Dylan said, Elise still tried to give him a rose, which he wouldn't accept like he said he wouldn't, that yep. she then la- launched into this very long, bizarre speech about women deserving someone who would 100% fight for them. Everyone was looking around like, what the hell's going on? She made on? out
2: with another dude the day before. Then she turned the around
1: she- and gave the rose to that guy, her yeah. second choice, Chris, who laughed when he accepted it.
2: Well, yeah, because he he's like, oh, sloppy seconds, huh? Okay.
1: <laughs> he I guess, party, but he's in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Money did still give her rose to Markel. Lacey gave a rose to Marcus. Claire picked Zach, the new guy, and Ashley gifted hers to Graham. Those two are mad boring. Oh yeah. I think Ashley might be the most crazy person on the show, and I'd really like to see her showing that side of herself. Well, a bit it looks more.
2: like in the previews, it looks like Graham is like gonna try to break free of Ashley's
1: mother, too. Yes, She's got him yes. in her clutches. Yeah. And
2: here's the thing: if you if you get loved up on this show, you're not getting any airtime. If you no. want airtime, if you want to be on TV, you need to have drams. And a few people get that. That, and a few people don't.
1: So the final rose um, was Sarah's, and she. We weren't sure if she was going to give it to Dylan. Robert.
2: Yeah, Dylan made a play for it beforehand. Dylan had, Dylan He's had like, taken
1: her on a date. I
2: want to get to know you better. I'm not Robert. Robert had
1: said the same thing. Yeah. Um, but after Elise's crazy speech, yeah. I think Sarah just wanted to opt out of that love triangle, so she gave her rose to Robert. If Elise,
2: if Elise doesn't make the play for Dylan, then Dylan's like a free agent, where mm-hmm. she said, I'll take the... I'll go with... What's the other guy's name? Chris. I choose Chris. Then it's like Dylan hasn't rejected her and he would be free to be selected by Sarah.
1: Right. Exactly. But, um, Elise is dumb. She didn't, she, she wasn't getting it. He was over it. So, um, yeah, fat, fat Damon was, is that what they call him? Fat Damon. Fat Damon. Fat Damon was eliminated. You know, Dylan's still a bit of a sad sack, just like he was on The Bachelorette.
2: I feel like he needs to go and take some water pills, like, really shed. He really had a layer of bloat on him. Like, he was not fat, but he just looked, like, a little bit chubby, a little bit of water weight there. It was probably a good time for him to leave.
1: I'm predicting that Chris is going to play quite a few people. Of course. Absolutely. Starting with Lee. He's a
2: veteran. He he sexed a couple broads on Bachelor Pad, as far as I've heard.
1: He knows what he's doing.
2: He knows what he's doing. He's a pro. He's a... He's the guy... Oh, also, real quick, before we sign off, can we talk about the dramatic reenactment?
1: That was one of the highlights of the show.
2: <laughs> so they go... So the chick, the crazy broad that got kicked off...
1: Michelle K. Michelle K. No, she she, she, she yeah, eliminated she herself last week.
2: She So the they revisit that because it's just too good of a story not to tell, even though it doesn't fit into the show at all. They talk about how she had hooked up with a sound guy. They had adjoining rooms at the hotel. And the night after she left the show, she went back to the hotel, and apparently the dude showed up at her room and was in her room when the... The
1: cast handler came. When the
2: cat, yeah, when someone from the show came, and he got freaked out and was on...
1: Decided he would, it would be a good idea to jump off the second story balcony. The best
2: part was that he was on the second story, and he said, well, I looked down, and I thought it was only like six feet or so. What fucking second story is only six feet above the first story? Right. Like were you is this like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? Did you did you notice yourself hunched over at all when you were on right. the first floor? You are
1: not in Hobbitland.
2: Like stories are like ten feet, I think. Right. So you were at least ten feet.
1: And he also jumped onto concrete, not yeah. grass. And so now he's in hospital with both legs and a cast. Yeah,
2: broke looked like he broke both of his heels. (laughs) Just a full-on, just a real, real dumb shit. Like, I feel like they could have brought him in. And there may be time. Like, bring him in as one of the Bachelors.
1: Yeah. He definitely
2: has enough brain power.
1: That's Uh, it for this week's uh, Bachelor in Paradise recap.
2: Outstanding. Really excited. Can't wait to tell you
1: guys what happens uh, next week.
2: I'm much more into Bachelor in paradise than I was the Bachelor. Oh, me too. Et, me too. or any of the bachelors. I'm really excited. Kate, you ready to do this again next week?
1: I'm always ready. I was born ready.
2: Outstanding. Can't wait. Okay, so for Ed Daily, for Kate Fancy Sauce, I'm Brian Beckner. This has been the Baller Lifestyle podcast from the theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week.
0: We'll